The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. So, good evening um, for another Monday meditation here from Newbury Buddhist Monastery, streamed live and also available on YouTube later down the track. So, for the people who are joining in now, there is an opportunity to ask questions through the YouTube live chat. So, please feel free to type in your questions at any time. And then once we are finished with the meditation, if there are any questions, I'd be happy to try and answer them as, as well as I can. If it's the first time for you, just... Uh, um, a quick format so you know what uh, we're doing here at the Buddhist Society of Victoria. So there is usually a bit of an introduction in the beginning for maybe 10-15 minutes and then we meditate together. It's a guided meditation and uh, the guided meditation lasts for roughly 45 minutes. There is a bit of guidance usually in the beginning and then um, it is silent. Uh, you might hear, it's a, it's a new powerful microphone, so I don't know how well you can hear things that are happening in the room in here, but uh, you might hear the animals outside or the candle flickering. Then uh, towards the end of the meditation, I'll pick it up again and ring the bell to finish. And as I mentioned then, there is an opportunity to ask uh, questions. If there is no questions, then we will just close after the meditation. So at uh, the Buddhist Society here, we usually do the Sunday talk in the morning on Sundays, and then the same monk who gave that talk is doing the guided meditation. So it's me again, Bhante Bodhidharma. I gave the talk yesterday, and therefore I'm doing the meditation tonight with you. To give a little bit of input, I uh, wanted to mention uh, what I would like to call the six R's of meditation. Actually, they were three or four R's and they come like the letter R and they come from uh, centering prayer. Apparently, the first person who started using them is brother Thomas Keating and then, of course, Different people have built on that, and uh, I've also built on that. So the six R's are relax, rest, resist, react, retain, and then reconnect. So let's start with relax. Relaxation is something which is really, really important in life, but especially for meditation. And relaxation is usually something that everybody can do. But the problem is, very often we can't do and maintain it for a longer period of time. So we are able to just let go <laughs> for a short period of time. Maybe just, you know, breathe out and while we are breathing out, relax the body and the mind. But then very, very quickly we get 
you know, all wound up in, in different things again. Thoughts might arise, whatever it is, pains in the body, um, distractions. So we want to make sure that we relax and keep re-relaxing, whatever happens. So if we kind of feel that there is a tension that is building up again, then instead of, you know, getting angry or whatever, <laughs> trying to resist it, we return back to that relaxation. And once it becomes a bit more sustained, then we start to rest, which is the second R there. And we really start to rest in peace. But when you're talking about resting in peace, usually people just think of the people who have died. They are the ones who can rest in peace because everything is done. They're dead. <laughs> They're gone. The life has gone out of their body at that stage. And then it's easy to rest in peace. So how can we rest in peace while we are still alive? And that's one thing that we can learn in meditation. So I rather would like to call it resting in reality, which means resting in the present moment, resting with whatever arises in that at, or at that point in time. I think that's maybe a bit easier to understand or easier to apply. So relax re-relax and then when you can sustain it for a little bit longer then you can start to rest in reality rest in whatever is happening what is quite normal if you are not uh, used to meditation or especially if you have been rushing around a lot, a lot before you come and and uh, sit down to become peaceful and quiet usually what has happened before kind of tends to come up in your mind again um, in the form of thinking, of thoughts or of emotions. And that's when the next three R's come into play. And that's the ones that are from the centering prayer. So number one is resist no thought. Number two is react to no thought. And number three is retain no thought. We often spend a lot of time or uh, generate a lot of energy to try and resist whatever is happening. So we've already touched on that with saying resting in reality. Reality is what is happening now. And when we can rest then we are not actually resisting whatever is coming up. Because if we resist, we create um, more activity, we create uh, new energy, and we are actually trying to, to calm the whole process down. So the whole activity of resisting is actually counterproductive to this notion of letting go that we are practicing in meditation. So whatever comes up, let it come up instead of trying to work against it. Let it come, but then let it go. So that's the next part there. React to no thoughts. So don't get involved in this thinking. Don't get 
down on yourself or don't get invested or dragged into that thought. It's just a thought. It's not you. And even if it's your body, it's just a sensation that is happening in your body. So we don't react to the thought, neither with excitement, if it's something which is very, very pleasant, for example, nor with um, anger or resentment or other mind states that uh, might not be helpful. And then to have this process of letting go, going all the way to the end, then we retain no thought. So that the thought can just pass through, it comes up, it's there, we don't react to it, and when we can sit with it or next to it or whatever you want to imagine it um, uh, as, then it will just pass. It has a certain energy, and that energy, if we don't feed it, if we don't make it stronger, then it will just flow through. It will blow through like the wind blows through the leaves of a tree. And then when that has happened, then we can gently reconnect with the present moment again. That's the last R there, reconnecting. But please do that in a gentle way. So even if in meditation it happens many, many times that there are distractions, that there are thoughts, that there are sensations, whatever it might be, uh, don't get angry, don't get excited about the whole process, just... When you've realized, which is wonderful, it means you've been mindful if you realize what's going on, then you reconnect with reality. You reconnect with the present moment and you do that in a relaxed manner. And we have, thought, we have talked a little bit about trust in the last talk that I gave yesterday. And that trust and the confidence and the commitment that comes with it, and basically the friendship you have towards yourself and towards the practice is something which will encourage this letting go process. Because very often when we talk about meditation, we also say letting go is like dropping things. But it's so difficult to drop things very often. And sometimes we drop them for a short period of time and then we pick them up again. So instead of dropping the things and thinking of, thinking of it from the outside, try to think of it from the inside. So instead of dropping something, you are dropping into something. And you are dropping into giving full attention to your body, to your feelings, or to your heart. And that is something which needs deep trust, which needs deep confidence and commitment. And that is something that grows over time with uh, practicing meditation and with trusting this path, trusting the process, trusting meditation. And with trust, you let go and you are able to drop into whatever is happening. So one of the things that while I was experimenting with, I think it was the, not this RAINS retreat, but the, the last RAINS retreat was dropping into 
the breath. And dropping or falling, for myself at least, when I think of it, is actually a very, very pleasant feeling. If you have a very deep trust in something, then you can really let yourself go and let yourself um, fall or drop into something. If that is a concept which is uh, a bit too scary for some people, <laughs> I mean, I, I've, 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 never, I've never done it, but some people say when you're jumping out of a plane and you drop out of the sky, <laughs> it's something very, very pleasurable actually. Or when you are falling in love, it's something very, very pleasant as well. So there is fallings which are pleasant, but if that is a concept which is too difficult for you, then you can um, imagine you being carried. So it's like uh, water, for example, that you can relax in. And if you relax in completely and trust that it will carry you, then you have this uh, a bit more of a, of a support that comes there from the concept of, of water. And then when that happens, when we are dropping into something else, which is pleasant, which is peaceful, which is calm, then the grip of those things out there in the world gradually, gradually starts to loosen. And then letting go is something which happens. So we automatically at that point let go of the outer word, world and it starts to slip away more and more. So in order to for us to then deeply, deeply plunge into this inner world. So that's a few words about uh, meditation here. Hopefully a bit of encouragement for you or a, a bit of um, imagery. I very often uh, work with imagery for myself because it's something which brings up emotions, but it brings up the emotions which carry me in the right direction. Because that's also one of those things that often really confuses people. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, you know, um, do I have to do something or do I have to not do something? And it really depends on the situation. I like to tell people that we are undoing things in meditation. And whatever is required to undo things, that is what uh, is the right thing. So if you have to slightly do something in order to undo things, then it's okay. If you slightly have to do nothing, <laughs> do no doing, and that is what undoes whatever is there. And then that is the right thing to do. So we have to think of what um, the aim is, where we are aiming at, what, uh, in which direction we are trying to, to move in this process. And the direction of meditation, the direction of the path is always an undoing. Okay, so let's meditate together. Let's uh, find a nice posture for your body if you haven't done that already. Or find uh, a spot as well where you feel safe and where it's reasonably quiet and where you know you can just hang out 
for about 45 minutes without being disturbed. If there is anything you can do on the outside to make sure that there aren't any disturbances now, now would be the best time to, uh, to do that. To put your phone or put your computer on uh, don't disturb so there won't be any messages coming in. So you don't disturb the process um, with those outside things. Okay, and once you have done that, then you can gently close your eyes if you haven't already done that. And start to settle in. Just by relaxing your body first of all. And one, what can help here is uh, the breath in the beginning. Just taking a few deep breaths is something which helps to slow things down. To signal to your body and mind it's time for meditation. It's time to relax. And then maybe just at the beginning of this meditation, let's set a little bit of an intention for this period of time that we will be sitting here. And the intention we would like to cultivate during this meditation is that we can rest in reality. What Ever that reality might be for us. Whatever might come up during this meditation, pleasant or unpleasant. Let's just be friendly towards it. And be with it in a relaxed manner. so that we can get a bit of rest from all the rushing around. From all the doing, achieving, having to do this or having to do that, comparing ourselves, measuring, That is not required now. We don't have to do that. Oh, what a relief. 
we can just relax and rest. And even if during the process of meditation thoughts might surface or sensations, emotions, movements in our mind, let's make sure we don't resist them. We don't react to them. And then also, we don't retain them. Whatever the energy is behind those things, the thoughts, emotions, just don't add anything to it. Don't feed it so that it can Gradually, gradually calm down. Fade away and disappear. Just as it has appeared. And as it has flown by, then we reconnect with our intention to relax and to rest. And let's see if you can let your awareness drop into your body. So it falls back into yourself. So the energy is not outgoing anymore, but we're going in. And that requires trust. Trust your body that it will relax all by itself if you just let it.
And as you are falling or dropping into your body, see what kind of sensations there are. in the present moment. Connect with your body. And have a friendly relationship with it. that is allowing and encouraging, but not controlling. And as you are falling deeper and deeper into your body, see if there are any areas that might be a bit uneasy, a bit tense. Very often that's around our eyes. Or in the area of our jaw. where the neck and the shoulders are. We might be a bit tight in our chest. Or in our belly. A bit sore in some joints. Or in some of the areas where our body meets the floor or the mat or the cushion. There is anything we can do in the physical realm through moving. And let's do that very gently to ease and relax the body.
And then we might have the experience of almost like being carried by our own bodies. Supported by them. But not through holding or through force. through relaxation, easing into, falling into, and almost like floating. As the body relaxes and as we go deeper and deeper within, the world outside and physicality, they start to slip away. And as we are friendly and as we trust the process, we relax and we rest more and more deeply. And in the mental world, we encounter the movements of the mind. The moods and the emotions. like water that is flowing. And without resistance, we trust. We let go even deeper and float.
And as we are floating on this water that supports us, those emotions and movements are like ripples and waves. that come and go. If we don't interfere, if we don't disturb the process, those ripples smooth out bit by bit. They calm down. And even if a new wave comes, It will also eventually calm down. And smooth out. as the movement of thought and activity in the mind calms down. We fall deeper and deeper into stillness and peace. into contentment into waves of a very subtle but very pleasant joy the joy of relaxation the joy of resting 
the joy of letting go. And another movement which is also there as we get deeper in meditation is the wave of breath coming in and going out. Washing in and then going out again. It has its own rhythm. Let us just trust that rhythm. And let us be carried by it. as our trust and confidence get strengthened, we can drop into it more and more. Let go and fall into our breathing. into nature's natural rhythm. Let's now carry on meditating in silence.
as we move closer to the end of the meditation. Ask yourself, how relaxed, how rested is my body and mind right now? Was I able to trust to be carried by the process of meditation? the movement of falling inwards, being carried by peace, stillness, and joy. or even just being carried by the rhythm of the breath. Slowly prepare yourself to emerge from meditation and to reconnect with your senses and with your body. and with the world out there. I'll be ringing the gong three times.
and let the sound of the gong carry you back into the room where you are sitting. If you haven't opened your eyes yet, you can slowly open your eyes and wiggle your toes and your fingers and get back in touch with your physical being. And with your surroundings. Okay, so let's do some questions. Yes, Bhante, we have uh, two questions so far. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first one. When people tell jokes, I often don't find it funny. Okay. But smiling out of politeness feels wrong and not reacting to it can feel weird. Any advice? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there is different ways of... Uh, telling jokes and sometimes they are at the expense of some other people or some other beings and then uh, yeah it's not very not very nice (laughs) so it's a bit difficult to connect to um, to the joke even or to those people at those times but if you go back to where laughter actually comes from and what laughter is actually meant to do. You you do see it in the animal world as well, um, that especially uh, like monkeys, they, they laugh as well. And laughter in nature is basically relaxing uh, the environment, relaxing the beings around you. So with laughter within yourself, you are relaxing your own body by by the laughter especially if it is a natural laughter and it's also a signal for the beings around you that you come with no harmful intent and if you can see laughter as that if you can see humor as that to try and um, create a connection, trying to create a sense of safety with another person. And if you can try to, to connect with that, and even if you are not laughing at the joke, if you are just smiling at the person who is telling the joke, then you are signaling to that person that, um, you are relaxed as well and that you are willing to to connect but in a much more deeper way than uh, 
words or even jokes uh, might be able um, to express. But humor is something, or jokes, is something that Ajahn Brahm, um, for I think most of the people will know Ajahn Brahm from Bodhnyana Monastery in Western Australia, my, uh, my teacher, he uses uh, humor a lot. And uh, it's something that really connects people. And it's also something that relaxes people and brings people together. And every now and then um, he will tell a joke or I will tell a joke or someone else will tell a joke. And uh, um, <laughs> it's it's not intended to offend people, but some people might still get offended. So yeah, just just see it as, as a way for people to connect and uh, try to find uh, skillful ways to connect with people with language or as I said even just with a gentle smile um, that carries that that same same message yeah I, I wouldn't try and pretend to kind of laugh at the joke if it's if it's not funny in in, in yeah if it's not perceived as funny by you but uh, I still wouldn't miss the opportunity to try and connect with that person Next question. When relax and rest, my brain seems to fall asleep and see things. For <laughs> okay. example, a wall of many yellow toastments with unknown red writing. Sorry, and then uh, I shot ye yellow back yellow to what? Yellow talisman. A talisman. Talis oh, okay. Maybe it means talisman. Sorry, maybe, maybe it's that's a the word. Okay. There. Yes. Sorry, maybe it's my no, eye, sure, sure, my sure. eyesight. Sorry, talisman and unknown red writing, mm -hmm. and then I shock and come back to reality. What should I do? <laughs> okay, so uh, tiredness, first of all, is is something which is is quite normal. But uh, what you seem to be describing is is much more um, a mind which is starting to settle down and which is starting to focus on the world within and once we start to let go of the body and the physical world we can perceive all sorts of things and what we are actually perceiving is is our mind but our mind manifests in all sorts of ways <laughs> and very often when it happens at the beginning uh, it can be you know, a bit disturbing or a bit um, uh, unknown basically and uh, as as you were saying you you can get a bit a bit scared or whatever um, but just try to perceive whatever comes up and stay much more with the feeling that is happening within and if that feeling is calm and um, pleasant um, then try to stay a little bit more with that so don't get carried away or distracted with whatever kind of visions might arise or if you are aware of your breathing still it's also nice to um, get in touch not focus as much on the breathing as such but just to get in touch with the rhythm of the breathing again because the breathing is something which is very soothing um, very energizing, very calming, and that can very often stabilize 
whatever might be happening in the mind there. So um, yes, just see how it goes in the future if these things uh, start to keep arising in the future. Please don't be afraid. Um, that's just what happens. <laughs> we start to have um, different internal perceptions at that stage of meditation. The perception, as Ajahn Brahm calls it, is kind of um, gaining wings, he calls it. So we are starting to perceive things in ways that we usually don't perceive them in the physical world. But one of the most important parts is, as I said, the pleasantness and then also the stableness that comes with these things. So the more um, you get used to it, the more you get relaxed in their presence, the more those, as I was describing, those ripples on that lake or on that water that is carrying us, if you visualize those ones as something, you will visualize it as, or you speak about a wall and light and writing or whatever. So if you see that as a slight disturbance still, if you see that as ripples, and as you have done before with your body and with your thinking and with emotions, see if you can just watch from a distance with kindness and see those ripples, those um, visual ripples, so to speak, to smooth out, to become more uniform and to become more um, stable. Okay. Hope that helps. Through online shopping, <laughs> yes. I receive wrong items. Okay. Seller is refusing return and refund. Mm -hmm. And my mind is burning. How to deal with this? Uh -huh. Please help. Yes. The mind burns with so many things. There is a sutta <laughs> that the Buddha talks about where all the things, all the senses are burning. Yes, we are, we are in a difficult time, <laughs> especially with coronavirus. We just had a bit of an upgrade here recently um, for our uh, audiovisual system. And lots of new things um, came in, and one one of those things was um, a loudspeaker that we were um, planning to use for the robe offering ceremony. But it was supposed to be a loudspeaker that also had a microphone at the same time, so that you could actually use it to talk into and to hear what's happening on the other end uh, with the participants on Zoom. And the person who brought uh, those loudspeakers had the older model and the older model did that but uh, he bought the newer model without checking too much just assuming it's the same just better <laughs> and it didn't have a microphone <laughs> so we had to pack it all up and um, he had to call the, the place and ask them if he could return it or not and uh, because of coronavirus it wasn't possible to be returned at this stage so I don't know if that might be a similar case for, for yourself, that because of the current situation, uh, you might not be able to, to return it at this stage, but maybe later. So in situations, whatever they might be, we didn't get ourselves into those situations on, situations on purpose, and most likely the goods that uh, 
did arrive. There wasn't any other person on the other end who on purpose thought, oh, you know, I, I'll send the wrong goods to this guy or this girl and see what's going to happen. So these things happen in life. So if we start reacting to them too strongly, we actually just make the problem much, 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 much worse. And you got the wrong things delivered once. The more you think about it, the more you let it resonate and echo in your mind, the, the more times you allow the online um, uh, company to send you the wrong goods again and again and again. So try to do whatever you can do, of course. Um, contact them, see if it's possible to return. If there is no way, then please don't blame anybody in this equation uh, or even don't blame yourself for the feelings that might arise in you. Try to see if you can flip it around. Try to see if you can uh, um, find a virtue to practice in this uh, situation and to see if you can find a wholesome way to deal with it. So one thing that came to mind just for me now speaking about it and uh, thinking about it at the same time a little bit since it was uh, bought online you might even be able to um, resell it online as well and uh, maybe get a portion of the of the money back that you've spent on it. I mean, I don't know uh, how expensive the item is there. So, uh, and again, I'm a Buddhist monk who doesn't have money and too many possessions. So I don't know how much I can help you with, with, with that part. But the mental part is the most important part. Please don't add more frustration, more heat, more burning to the situation as there already is so you sit down in meditation and you're burning and you let the fire burn itself out you don't add petrol you don't add wood you just cool let it cool down let it spread out and let it lose its heat or even with a bit of wisdom you can extinguish it with a bit of water um, much, much faster. But it might flare up again, as happens in meditation, as those thoughts return again and again. But you realize with time, every time they return, if you don't react to them, they get weaker and weaker. The heat becomes less soaring and less burning. And uh, it eventually burns itself out. I hope that is a bit of encouragement um, for you to go through this process. <laughs> Do insights such as the insight into emptiness mm -hmm. happen suddenly or gradually over time for people? <laughs> Once this insight occur, is it a permanent shift in one's view of the world? Mm. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a bit of both. So, of course, there comes a point in the suttas, there is, uh, it's kind of described as a pot or as a vessel which is filling drop by drop and you can't actually see into the vessel, so you don't know how much water is there. But you can see the water dripping into that vessel. So that is the gradual process of it, the water dripping in and dripping in and dripping in. So. Two things we have to make sure is, number one, it's dripping in. 
And number two, we have to make sure that it doesn't escape from that vessel anywhere, that it's not a leaky bucket, as Ajahn Brahm calls it, where that beautiful energy that we're collecting is leaking out again. And if we make sure it's not leaking out, if we make sure it is bit by bit, drop by drop, filling, 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 then there comes a point where it actually overflows. But even in the process of filling up, you will realize that things shift in your life. That, uh, for example, things that made you angry in the past just don't have that strength, don't have that energy anymore to throw you off as much as they could in the past. And you suddenly realize, you know, something happened. And if that would have happened 10 years ago, I would have been furious. Or as, as we heard before, I would have been burning. And now you are just getting a little bit heated up, but no more than that. So you can already see the processes happening there. But then once this overflowing happens in a, in a um, very uh, deep and very, uh, what's the word, impactful way, then it's something you can't really forget. Or you can't, well, maybe forget is the wrong word, but you, you can't undo it. And you will remember it. There will be times where you kind of temporarily forget, but it kind of stays with you. So one of the things that Ajahn Brahm uses as a simile to explain it is, he says, when these things happen, they are like traumas. It's something that really imprints itself into, let's call it your being or into your mind, and it has such an impact, such an imprint, that it can't, can't be undone or forgotten. Yes, I guess. Yes, I, well, that's what comes to mind. I think there is a, a request, I think sounds like uh -huh. a request. I am new to Buddha or Buddhism. Can I ask for a quick blessing from the Buddha for the life? For the life for not only me uh -huh. but my Sompaki family members who are in I think who are of Bandan town in Thailand. Right. Okay, okay. Yes, so I mean the Buddha has brought his blessings into the world two thousand five hundred years ago, roughly. People sometimes argue about when it actually happened. So that is the blessing of the Buddha is kind of carried in the teachings. So the Buddha is not around anymore. <laughs> the Buddha has parinibbana and he's done what he had to do. And the energy still remains, uh, remains and the teachings remain. And luckily also the Sangha remains. So the people practicing the teachings and in that way it is kind of carried. But we remember, we remember the Buddha, we remember the teachings of the Buddha, and we remember the people who are following the teachings of the Buddha. That's the three jewels, that's what we go for refuge towards, and that's what carries the energy, that's what carries um, the encouragement. But then, of course, it has to touch our own hearts, and we have to start to practice it ourselves to get benefit from that. So what we usually do as monastics is we we do recite some verses and those verses are in Pali and most likely the language that the Buddha spoke in himself and that kind of carries 
that energy from the past into um, the present time. But basically the blessing in the end is the way we follow the teachings, the way we, um, in, well, impersonate, <laughs> the way we, we, we are the teachings basically. And that is by virtuous behavior, that is by learning to become still and meditate. And then through that process, we get the power and the strength and the stability of mind to understand how things really are by ourselves. And that is the real blessing that we bring to ourselves and to the world. So the chanting is just a carrier and a reminder for us. But I'm very happy to do a short chanting for you and for your family and for all the people out there who are going through difficult times, especially because of coronavirus and because of, you know, the um, economic situation and, uh, you know, health challenges, whatever is happening out there in the world at the moment. Um, is that the, the last last thing? So I can just give yeah, the blessing? Is that okay? Question. Very good. So I will just give a blessing to finish off tonight's uh, med guided meditation and the Q&A time we had together. Sabaroga winimuto sabasantapawajito sabaweramatigando nibuto jatawambawa sabitio vivajantu sabarogo vinasatu Mate bhavantvantarayo sukhiti kayu ko bhava abhivadana silesa nijam bhudapajainu chatarudhammavadantim ayu vannu sukhaṁ Alam Sadu Sadu.